Welcome to Discover Library and Archives Canada, your history, your documentary heritage. I'm your host, Jessica Ouvrard. Join us as we showcase treasures from our vaults, guide you through our many services, and introduce you to the people who acquire, safeguard, and make known Canada's documentary heritage. Many Canadians have a growing interest in discovering their family heritage for different reasons. Their quest can be very simple at the beginning, but very often it becomes the work of a lifetime. To trace their ancestors, they will rely on historical documents such as church records, census returns, passenger lists, military service files, and land records. These documents are held in various provincial and territorial archives, museums, libraries, and also at Library and Archives Canada. In this episode, genealogy consultants Sarah Chatfield and Richard Lelievre from Library and Archives Canada join us to discuss genealogy research. We explore what genealogy is, what is involved, and how to start, suggest resources to use, and how Library and Archives Canada can help you with your genealogy research. If you're interested in viewing images associated with this podcast, you can follow along by viewing our Flickr gallery. You can access a direct link at bac-lac.gc.ca slash podcasts. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jessica. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Can you briefly describe what is genealogy or family history research and what it entails? So genealogy or researching your family history is going back generations, some people have different goals trying to find when they came to Canada or, and some people just do one line, your mother or your father, but going back each generation. Some people are happy to get back to the furthest generation as quickly as possible. Some people want to research using original documents like birth certificates or census records, military records, um, baptismal records, things like that to try to piece together the family. Okay, the family history, like, oh, he was born or she was born at this time and they died at this time in this village. And they had and, that many and kids. They had, yeah. yeah, or they remarried and they took on this name so you can see the different... Mm-hmm. And using the traditional family tree chart, I think, yeah. would be what people think of when they think of genealogy. Right. And some people want to go all out and they want to collect military medals and family Bibles and personal diaries. And maybe their goal is to publish a book. And it's up to the individual researcher, and I try to respect the researcher's goals. I can't tell them what they should be doing or not. Okay. Why is Library and Archives Canada an institution that can help with genealogy research? LAC is doing a great job of getting the collection online in easily searchable databases. And that's the most important thing, is to get the the records out to the public. Hello, Richard. Bonjour. Hello. Thank you for being here with us today. C'est un plaisir. My pleasure. If people would like to research their genealogy, where should they start? Chez lui. Faut qu'il voit ses parents. At home. They must go see their parents. They must go see their grandparents, their family. Those people are their main source of information. As a result of privacy laws, a great deal of recent information is not available. They must go see people who are still living and get information from them. This will give us a link to the records that are available, to the archival records that are available. After that, I suggest that people visit their local genealogical society. Again, local sources of information are ideal. Often genealogical societies give workshops to get you started on how to present yourself. 
Certainly on our website we have advice on how to get started. If you ask us the question, we will answer you. We will tell you, here, start this way or that way. But local sources are the best. Okay, start at home first. That's right. Okay, how can people determine which genealogical resources are the most useful for finding their ancestors? It depends on the history of their family in particular. Most Quebecers arrived here between 1650 and 1750. We have resources for them that are not the same as the resources for Ukrainians who have been here since 1914. It depends on the particular history of their family. If their family immigrated to the United States over the course of two generations, we would not look in the Canadian censuses. It depends on the particular history of their family. When I get a beginner at the genealogy desk, the first thing I tell them is to talk to their family about past generations and to start writing it down to try to create a timeline. That's the most important thing. Create mm -hmm. a timeline. Even vague things are helpful. For example, if... Um, if your mom remembers that she was in high school when her grandmother died, that gives you a five-year window of when someone died. So a lot of times people come to the desk and they say they have no idea, but they remember being seven at the funeral. So that right. gives you a pretty good idea. Um, or maybe your family member remembers at a funeral, there was only one aunt left, the rest had died. It really helps you narrow down the generations. A lot of people get hung up on the fact they don't have exact dates, but they don't need exact dates, just general times, and we can work with that. Okay. What kind of genealogy-related resources can be found at Library and Archives Canada? And what collections are the most frequently searched? So at LAC, we have federal records. So we have immigration records. And they run from 1865 to 1935. After 1935, is still at Citizenship and Immigration. So those are the passenger lists, which is the official immigration record for that period. We have census records. and. Depending, for the most part, they start about 1841 was the first full one. Quebec had some early ones. There is, there's even one from 1666 for Quebec City. The census goes from 1841 to 1921. So the census, they changed the legislation just recently, and it has to be 92 years old before they'll, in, they'll open a new one. So it's about another 10 years before they open oh, really? the next one. Nine years maybe we're at now. Yeah. And we also have... Uh, we have military records as well, so we have militia records from pre-1914. There are no service files for those records, only muster lists. And the CEF files, and then post-1919. Uh, and those are still covered by ATIP. Online, the CEF collection is going to be huge when that's online. That's going to be amazing. The census and immigration records are really well used, and they're easily searchable, and we update our databases all the time for spelling errors and transcription errors. You mentioned the CEF, which is the Canadian Expeditionary Force Files. Can you explain what they are and what kind of information you can get from them? So the CEF records that are online, now all the soldiers are there and the nursing sisters and chaplains, so that's 660,000 files, give or take, and it's the attestation paper, so one page from the file. But there is a project now to digitize the entire file, and I believe they're at 10% now, and over the next few years, the entire collection will be digitized, and they're really great quality, and they're, they're in color, they're easily downloaded, they're great. There's so much information you can get from a CEF file. You can get where the person lived, who family members that were still living at the time. If they married, you'll see that in the file because the soldier will send the money to the wife, not yeah. the mother anymore. When they died, their will, things like It's a great source of information. Yeah. How can these resources be accessed? 
Well, they can be accessed through our website in, if you click on the genealogy and family history section. And under Ancestor Search, you can find all our databases. And we also do partner with Ancestry.ca, so some of our records can be found there. And there are other record, other websites, such as FamilySearch.org, that have a lot of records. Okay. What is available only on site? Only on site would be, there are a lot of things. For example, the, killed, the Second World War Killed in Action files. There are a few that are digitized on Ancestry.ca, but it's a small small percentage of the actual collection, and they're only on site. Some home ch- children records, like the juvenile inspection reports, the Bernardo newsletter ups and downs would be another example of something that's only available on site. Most Canadian newspapers are not online. Um, we have a great collection of newspapers on microfilm, so that's only on site. And our published genealogy can collection on the third floor. So the family histories and the published church indexes, parish indexes, census indexes that were published before they all went online, they're really still helpful. Okay. City directories? City directories, yes. Okay. Yeah, we have those too. They are going online and quite a few. Montreal, the whole run is online and Toronto, a fair percentage is online, but for the most part, they are just on site. Okay. You mentioned uh, newspapers. What can you find in a newspaper that is helpful for genealogy research? There's quite a few ways you can use newspapers. The most obvious is obituaries. Obituaries are great because they explain maybe where the person died, when they died, a little bit of biographical information, maybe their parents' names, surviving family members and where they live. It's really what we use them for the most. Right. And then there's also, say, in the odd case that a person was killed in an accident or murdered or something like that, there would be a a newspaper article about it, which might give a bit of information. So... Or when um, soldiers came back, sometimes small towns would have a little note saying so-and-so is back in town. It's really a lot of information in newspapers. Okay. If researchers still have questions after consulting the genealogy webpage and resources available at Library and Archives Canada, who should they contact and how? Well, there are a lot of places. So if they have a question, they can fill out the genealogy ask a question form and they can find it on the genealogy and family history page or under the green tabs entitled Forms. That's where you can find that on our website. Or a researcher can also contact Provincial Archives because say if they're interested in homestead records, we don't have those. They'd have to go to Provincial Archives for that. And also, if a researcher is looking for local sources, they can go to the Genealogical Society for that area. Most for Ontario, for example, most cities are covered by a branch. I think they have 12 branches of the OGS. And all right. provinces are like that. So there will be a historical society or a genealogical society for, for each region if we can't help them. And we can refer them to that area. For birth, marriage, and death records, we can help. We, they are a provincial jurisdiction, so we don't, we don't have them in our collection, but we can definitely... We have copies of them, like the Drouin collection, right. and, or we can refer you to the, uh, the, the right provincial place. Yeah. archive. Yeah. Do you have any interesting stories you would like to share with us related to either your personal experience with genealogy research or a client you have come in contact with? The thing that continues to amaze me each time I run across it is how census records detail the evolution of First Nations name. I think that's the thing that's most interesting to me. It's so interesting to see, for example, in early census records of reserves, such as the Blood Reserve in Saskatchewan. I was just doing a question on that. And how their traditional Aboriginal names 
were written phonetically in English. So I guess the enumerator just wrote exactly what he heard, and he put hyphens and spaces wherever he wanted. And then in the next set of records, you see it evolve into direct English translations. So that's where you get like white buffalo woman or walking buffalo or names like that. Okay. Like prairie dog, things like that, direct translations. Then even later, say in the 1916 or the 1921 census returns, you can see the names evolve even further into the European pattern. So you'll see Fred Red Dog or Cyril Old Woman at War, Mrs. Running Rabbit. It's really the European tradition. And I think it depicts the challenges of genealogy for non-UK names, for non-standard right. names, because it's just, they just wrote what they wanted. So anything from First Nations or Eastern European or even Italian communities, if it's non-UK, it is an extra, an extra set of challenges. Or words or names with like a space, like Van Rossum, for example. Yes, anything like, non-standard. Yeah. Even in the UK, too, the mix and max and do they put a space in between the MC and Donald, it really, it throws us off every time. And That's MAC not standard. And, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Richard, what motivates people to start researching their family? People have different reasons for conducting genealogical research. Some would like to find out whether they have a link to a specific ethnic group, whether they are Aboriginal, Irish, or Scottish. Some find it interesting to know. Others are just curious to know some history. Where were my ancestors? They are looking for a link to history and their family. Everyone has their particular reason for conducting genealogical research. The feeling we get when a client is in front of us and the emotion expressed by the client when he sees his father, grandfather or ancestor in an archival record, for him, it's someone he knows. He sees, we see. It's a name jotted down in a record, but for that person, it's real. It's someone who existed. Often people are moved by that. His father when he was 20 years old, when he arrived in the country, or his grandfather in a military uniform. The emotion, seeing the emotion in these people who are looking at these records, it's beautiful. Yes, yes, it's like a, a direct link to the past and to our personal history. Yes, that's it. That's it, yes. Thank you for being here with us today, Richard. Merci, moi, je vous remercie. C'est un plaisir, expérience. No, thank you. It has been a pleasure. It has been an experience. To learn more about genealogy and the related resources available at Library and Archives Canada, please visit us online at bac-lac.gc.ca. On our homepage, under the Popular Topics tab, select Genealogy and Family History. On this page, you will find links to all of our genealogy resources, including an entire section on how to begin. Also, don't forget to check our blog, thediscoverblog.com, for more genealogy content. You can find the content quickly by selecting Genealogy and Family History from the categories list on the right side of the page. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Jessica Ouvrard, and you've been listening to Discover Library and Archives Canada, where Canadian history, literature, and culture await you. A special thanks to our guests today, Sarah Chatfield and Richard Lelièvre. For more information about our podcast, or if you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please visit us at bac-lac.gc.ca slash podcasts. <laughs>